0: <laughs>
1: hey, yo, 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 what's up everybody, Big Sky Breakdown, Colter Nuanas, SkylineSportsMT.com, coming to you right outside the Grand Canyon, I'm in a place I've never been before, I'm in Kanab, Utah right now, if you're listening, I know you've heard of the Grand Canyon, a lot of you have probably been, if you haven't been, you gotta go, it's epic, so awesome, you can't really describe it until you see it in person. I'm making my way down to uh, St. George, Utah, for the Montana at Utah Tech game. Tom Stuber, he's on his way to Brookings, South Dakota. I wish I could have made it to Brookings. It was just more efficient for us to split it up. But that's certainly the game of the week, and that's certainly going to be a huge point of conversation throughout this Big Sky Breakdown podcast. This is our weekly interviews conglomeration podcast. And so we'll talk about both these games, Montana at Utah Tech, Montana State at South Dakota State. We'll get things kicked off with Jimmy Rogers. He's the first-year head coach at South Dakota State guy who's been there for the better part of his adult life he played there he's been an assistant there under John Stiglmeyer now he takes over for coach Stig who by the way will also join us a little later on the show then we're gonna hear from Ken Bezer, he's the athletic director at Utah Tech Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State, they've been in a huge period of transition. They've gone from a junior college to a Division II to now a Division I. So we talked to him about what that transition is like, what the challenges have been, and what he thinks about the future there at Utah Tech. We'll hear from Paul Peterson for the second week in a row. He's the head coach there at Utah Tech, and a lot of kind things to say about both Montana State, who his team lost to 63-20 in Bozeman, as well as Montana, who his team hosts in arguably the biggest game in school history, at least on the Utah Tech campus. We'll keep it on the Grizz-Utah uh, Tech game with Junior Bergen, our Grizz Star of the Week. And then we'll go back to the SDSU game and get you all filled in uh, with John Stiglmeyer, as well as uh, Isaiah Davis, All-American running back for South Dakota State, as well as Kenneth Iden, a sophomore defensive end for the Montana State Bobcats. The Big Sky Breakdown presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. Town Pump, Town Pump kept us fueled up all the way down here. We've driven almost 1,200 miles to get to where I am right now as I record this. I know Tom Stuber has about a thousand miles ahead of him as well. So uh, certainly, lots of miles, and we couldn't do it without Town Pump. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Big Sky Breakdown, getting things started off with South Dakota State head coach Jimmy Rogers right now. Whether you're a sports fan. Where you run a business, you gotta have something to wear. Why not get it branded? Why not represent your favorite sports teams, your favorite high school, your favorite college, your favorite pro team? Why not represent your business when you're out and about your respective communities? Anode Designs can help you out. Anode Designs, our great friend Blake Hempstead, contributor at Skyline Sports, he's the man in charge there at Anode, and they can get you hooked up with everything from Anaconda Copperhead gear to any and every sort of branded gear for your business. Find out more. Visit Anode Designs. You can also find them on Facebook. Anno Designs is located at 421 East Park Avenue in Anaconda. You can find them on Facebook or you can give them a call at 406-563-0121. Where we get all our gear from Skyline Sports, Anno Designs, in Anaconda. The matchup of the week in the FCS and one of the best matchups in college football descends upon Brookings, South Dakota on Saturday Montana State, the third-ranked team in the football championship subdivision, takes on number one ranked and defending national champion, South Dakota State. It's a rematch of last year's semifinal. We're joined now by South Dakota State head coach, Jimmy Rogers. Coach, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks
2: for having me
3: on. it's um, had a busy week and excited for
1: this weekend. First of all, just tell us about the, sort of your transition. Uh, you, you've been there at SDSU for a little while, but taking over for a guy who was an icon there in that part of the world. and one of the uh, most longest tenured and, and legendary coaches in the, in the history of small school football and John Stiglmeyer What's these last several months been like? I mean, what do you think of the honor of, of taking over for coach Stig?
3: Yeah, it's, a for, it's for sure an honor. Uh, it's an honor to represent your the school that you help, you know, try to build. So, uh, it's, it's been a wild ride. Honestly, some of this has been an out of body experience. Every time I do something, I feel like it's a new experience for me. Um, Really, just trying to focus on giving my best, and um, it's a different role. Um, my preparation and my excitement to do it, and the effort which I put towards it, isn't any different. It's just different tasks now, and um, I'm excited for the future, and I'm looking forward to this weekend for sure.
1: Well, it seems like there's there's so much continuity throughout the South Dakota State Athletic Department, and and Coach Stig was such an example of that. You know, head coach from. 1997 until last year, and coached I think a decade plus there in some capacity before that. I know you played there at SDSU, and you've been there pretty much ever since. So, what is it about Brookings? What is it about South Dakota State that that breeds this uh, this element of continuity there?
3: Yeah, I think uh, when we transitioned from Division Two to Division One, um, when I first got here, I was a part of like the first recruited class to come in as. A division one school and at that time nobody knew who south dakota state was i remember because i'm from arizona and uh when i would tell people that i'm committed to south dakota state it was like well what's in south dakota and nobody (laughs) knew us um and over the years it's accumulation of a lot of people and a lot of hard work and staying consistent and uh, believing in your players and and pushing for to be the best and never being really satisfied and and how you've done um we've moved on from the national championship but it took me 18 years to accomplish that you know uh, i was a part of the recruiting i committed to coach stig i told him that we would win a national championship now at that time i didn't think it would take 18 years um when i was a player uh, we made the playoffs for the first time in about 30 years my senior season and then after that it was kind of the the change of tides would you say as far as we've we made the playoffs every year after that with the exception of two seasons and we've been a top team in the country for the past decade um it's a lot of people working extremely hard and not being satisfied or resting on what they've done in the past and this team is hungry to be the best i can promise you that we got a lot of leadership and a lot of talent on this team and i'm blessed to take over at the time in which i did with the fully loaded roster, um, some of the best talent that South Dakota State has ever seen. So that's the goal, is to continue to build on this and, and continue to win championships.
1: Jimmy Rogers, head coach of South Dakota State, joining us here on Nuana's now ESPN Radio, as well as uh, SWX Montana Television. I attacked Isaiah Davis earlier today, Coach, and uh, you could tell, I mean, he, he certainly has that hunger but well, i mean the old adage in sports always goes the harder the only thing harder than winning a championship is winning another one so how have you guys been able to keep that hunger how, how do you still have an edge uh, coming off of the great season you had last year
3: you know what um everybody asks the questions of like now that the standard is is the national championship um how do you plan on doing it again and uh I just think it's unique because the world says it's now the standard, but it's been a standard here for a decade. You know, we've made the, once we made it to the playoffs in 2009, the expectation um, when I was a player was to get to the, you know, national championship with the type of heartbeat and habits of the guys that we had on the pro on the team. It's not easy. I mean, the game of football is very fickle, you know, games come down to at times the bounce of a football that, change the course of a game but um it's been our standard to compete for national championship and win national championships for close to a decade now and i don't think that approach changes just because we won one um or get satisfied on what we've done in the past that's how we've been continuing this continuously been able to build this program into what it is because the type of kid that we bring into this program is ultra competitive and not satisfied on what they've done in the past and that will stay consistent. Um, we recruit the right players here. We don't work, always recruit the most talented. We recruit the ones that fit South Dakota State, um, that aren't afraid of the dirty work and buy into small things and are tough, physical kids that love competing. And uh, when you get that type of kid, the process doesn't really change. The process is to give your best, be your best, and deliver your best at all times.
1: Well, last big qu- picture question for you. Then we'll talk a little bit about this matchup. What sort of uh, principles and, and elements of the program do you want to maintain? It sounds, it sounds like recruiting the right guys is, is, maintains consistency within the program. But what, sort, what other things do you want to maintain? And also, what other things do you want to sort of make your own and, and put your own sort of spin on things?
3: Yeah, I think part of the things that have stayed the same are um, just the speaking of how we expect to play. Um We live on the standard of last play you know which means doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it the way it's supposed to be done and living with um the product that you put out there you never know when it is your last play um and really for me that's just how you live your life it's preparing yourself to be your best and deliver your best and and not taking anything for granted um you know how we practice has been the biggest change um how we recruit you know is maybe a little bit of a change the type of kid that we recruit. Um, This isn't a transfer portal school. I I don't, I believe in developing the student athlete from high school on. Will we take transfers? Yes, when we need to. Um, I think it's harder and harder to live in that model nowadays when kids are seeing another player go into the transfer portal just because they didn't play. And then it just creates a unique dynamic that you, the roster retention part of things has significantly changed from, um, you know, coach Stig was at the tail end of that, right. When the transfer portal changed. And so I'm taking over into a different realm of college football than he had to live, that he had to live through. Like the transfer portal wasn't that big of a deal. NLI wasn't that big of a deal. Now we have, Schools consistently coming in on our players and offering them NLI deals um, illegally, you know, that are not in the portal. And so, how do you manage that? You, you recruit the right kid, is how you recruit, you know. Uh, many of our star players, the ones that you would be, have had m- multiple opportunities to leave and make a lot, a lot of money. And um, I'm blessed to be around the type of kid. And part of that is we try to do our best to give them the best possible experience that they could possibly have here at South Dakota State and make it a power five atmosphere we may have to do it a little bit different it may have to be done with elbow grease and hard work but it is what it is it's our job to try to give that to them and I think that they can see that you know I think that they feel that um when every single assistant is doing work that maybe at a power five school would have no impact on because they have so many staff members right um here we do a lot of things outside of just coaching football and um i think our players that we recruit respect it and uh they can see that we believe in them and and we're trying to create the best experience possible it also develops relationships when you're always hands-on right so there is a family atmosphere here that will always stay consistent as long as i am here and I think that you get that more than ever out of our staff because our staff is is really, really close. Um, they're all relatively close in age, and and their families are all relatively close in age as well as far as their kids being all young and kind of going through this part of their life at the same time.
1: Well, it's great perspective, and it's what college football should be all about. Jimmy Rogers, the head coach of South Dakota State, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Um Let's talk about this matchup, then. You played the Cats, Montana State, several times in the in the last couple of years. I think Coach Vegan, Brett Vegan, said the other day, uh, the third time in 18 games on the MSU side, uh, that they played South Dakota State. and So probably pretty close to that for you guys, too. I guess you had the one extra last year with the national championship game. But uh, familiar opponents, to be sure, a lot of familiar faces in this game. So how much does that help you in your preparation, if at all?
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's an advantage. Yeah. Um... I don't know if it's a disadvantage, it just is what it is, and there's some things that you may be a little bit more familiar with. Um, it's not to the extent of playing North Dakota State. I feel like we both know each other inside and out. Um, at times, those ones will make you pull your hair out as a coach just because you look at the film. And, I mean, we're looking back to 2008, you know, and we've played them 28 times or 30 times. Right. It's just kind of ridiculous. Um <laughs> Um, you can count on every time, every season we play NDSU usually twice a year, right? Um, it's not to that extent, but does it help to be somewhat familiar? Um, sure, you know, but they're, they have a loaded roster. At every level, they got talent. I mean, their tight end fullback kid is a punt returner, right? You don't see
1: that. <laughs> right.
3: So, and they play with two quarterback system, which I believe is probably the best one two punch in college football because i believe sean uh sean chambers could probably start at any other fcs school in the country um he's a dynamic athlete and 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 for tommy lot tommy lot to be the starter um over sean chambers is shows you how good tommy is i mean i a ton of respect for just the way he plays he's a winner um he's ultra competitive he is tough He can make the deep throw as good as any player I've witnessed in college football at the quarterback position. um, They throw low percentage throws, but he makes them a high percentage throw because of how accurate he is. Um, And they have the wide receivers to go up and high point it. So when you can run the ball in a two quarterback system and then hand the ball to another quarterback, that's just as efficient at throwing the ball and then it turns into sprint out pass and, you know, how do you defend it, right? Um that's the that's the adjustments that we're gonna have to consistently make throughout the game and, and uh play on the attack and do our best to limit the running lanes for all of these dynamic running backs and quarterbacks.
1: On the other side, you guys have such a prolific offense and uh, I love the granowski kid. He's such a great uh, leader and winner. I love watch the way he operates and you know, Isaiah Davis, I had a great pleasure interviewing him earlier. I mean, what a good guy. and uh, What a very focused uh, young man he seems like. And, I mean, the list goes on. You can name your whole roster of skill position guys, and you have one of the best offensive lines in the country as well. So uh, why is that unit so good? What do you think of the matchup with the Bobcat defense?
3: Um, I think it's really good because of multiple things. I think our O line is exceptional, and they have a ton of reps playing together. Um, you know, we have two All-Americans on the left side that are going to play in the NFL. I think our center is probably one of the most underrated players in college football, at least in the old line world. Um, I think he is phenomenal. Um, so I think it starts up front. And then we have really, really, really talented skill um, in the Yankees at wide receiver, which opened up the running lanes for probably the best running back in FCS football and Isaiah Davis. And Lamar Johnson is a great one-two punch with Isaiah. Um, And then you have Mark, who's just a winner. Um, You know, he has consistently gotten better since he's been here. But the thing that I think separates him from the rest of the really good quarterbacks that we've had here over the years is his leadership, how he goes about his life, Uh, his ability to reach the entire football team not just the offense since he's been a freshman he's been one of the most mature freshmen I've ever witnessed come through South Dakota State and I've been here 18 years uh, to win a to to win the defense over as a quarterback in your first year and the whole defense saying Mark Gronowski should be the starting quarterback Uh, that has never happened here and uh, it happened in the 2020 season and and he led us, and he led us uh, a lot of times off of running, right? Um, but he has gotten progressively better at being a true quarterback, making the right read, making the right progression, um, and throwing the ball on time with the right touch. And so we've got a lot of weapons. Uh, they got to be utilized the right way. They're human just like everybody else. It's not that we're unstoppable. We just have a lot of talent to have success with.
1: Jimmy Rogers here on New Orleans now, South Dakota State, hosts Montana State on Saturday. Last thing for you then, Coach, keys of the game for you guys if you're going to come out on top.
2: Yeah, I think um,
3: we got to take care of the football. Um, if you'd ask me this every week, I would tell you the same thing. <laughs> yeah. we got to take care of the football. we got to take the ball away. Um, we need to find ways to run the football. Um, and defensively, we got to out physical and then attack them and not sit on our heels and and wonder what if all the time. Um, I think the way to have to defend this type of offense is to play aggressive and, and uh, make certain unique decisions to not give up explosive plays. So it will be a matchup for sure. Uh, this team is really, really talented. Maybe the one of the best at college football paired with their scheme. So it will be a challenge for sure.
1: We appreciate the time, Coach. I know it's a busy time of year, and uh, this is going to be a great one, but thanks so much for making some time for us here today.
3: Yeah, thank you. Sorry about that. mix up with the call.
4: There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that together we can make a good thing even better opportunity bank of montana stop by and see us or visit us online member fdic well
1: our lead-up coverage to montana's football game at utah tech continues and we're joined now by the athletic director there at utah tech ken beezer joins us here on Nuanas now on espn radio ken thanks for taking some time how you doing
5: i'm doing well thank you for having me on your show First of all,
1: you've been there at Utah Tech for a handful of years. I'm so excited to come down and check out St. George. I've heard nothing but good things. What's this last handful of years been like, though, because whether it's the transition with the name change from Dixie State to Utah Tech or the move from Division Two up to Division One, a lot of things have been going on for the Trailblazers in terms of the football realm. Just take us through sort of the broad picture of it all. I mean, what's it been like to be a part of?
5: Yeah, you know, you, you've mentioned it, you know, you kind of highlighted it in, in your intro right there, but everything has been in transition. I mean, from the community to the university to the athletics uh, department as well. Now, say a handful of years. I've been the athletic director now for about a year and a half here. Um, I, but I've been here through the whole transition. I, um, I came here as the director of development uh, for, the, uh, for the university, and then uh, transitioned back into athletics here a year and a half ago. But So I've been through all the change, uh, more specifically right now, the athletic department, and it really is an exciting time. Um, it's kind of nerve-wracking as you're trying to get budgets and everything to, to match, but um, it's been a great experience for me here to be associated with the university at this time.
1: Well, it seems uh, you're living in Montana. We see these lists all the time of the fastest-growing places in the country, and there's several towns in Montana on there always but there's also usually several places in Utah I think people have discovered that living in uh, living out west and living in Utah and Montana is a pretty good way of life St. George is a place I know that has grown quite a bit over the last 10- 15 years so when you have a community that's that's growing and vibrant how does that help uh, when you're making this transition up to Division one and trying to build you know a viable FCS football program?
5: It helps from the standpoint you have more numbers to work with in the community. Obviously, everything is, you know, kind of built around attendance and game attendance, and we're trying to make that work here. The challenge is is that with so many people coming into the community, they already come in with their ready-made universities that they follow. Right. And so, you know, in the state of Utah, you're always battling the BYU and the Utah. So a lot of the people from up along what we call the Wasatch Front, who transitioned down here, they still have their loyalties to those schools and uh, Ohio State, uh, Nebraska, wherever they come from. And we're trying to get them to buy into what we're doing. You know, I, I, I've, been, I've been associated with the Big Sky for many years, whether I was at SUU, I actually played football at Weber State. And so I've been to, you know, Missoula and Bozeman. And always been impressed with the the local following you have and and just, you know, the strength of your community around the program. And that is what we're trying to build here is get people to buy into what we're doing to where, you know, I'm okay if you're a BYU and Utah fan, go ahead and cheer for them. But we want you cheering for us as well. And that's what we're trying to do is model a lot what you're doing there in Missoula.
1: It's fascinating to try to uh, go about attacking all of that, right? And I've, I've talked to people at Weber State. I've talked to people at Southern Utah. I know you had some ties to Southern Utah as well. Yeah. And uh, sports is huge in Utah. And people love sports. They love college sports. But there also is so many different draws to the attention, whether it's BYU, Utah, Weber, Southern Utah, now Utah Tech. So h- how do you go about... You know, I guess what is, what are some reasons why people should buy into Utah Tech? What are some selling points for uh, to sort of get people on your your bandwagon?
5: I guess you know, Colter, it's the upside. Totally, um, I have been I've been a lot of universities and uh, even Washington State University. I spent time there at Washington State, and I have never been at an institution that's future is so bright and. and everything everything is new here. We're adding degrees. I mean, multiple degrees every year here as we continue to build this. It wasn't too long ago we were a junior college. Um, and the community, you know, talking a little bit about the growth of the community, if we continue at this same rate, I saw a report that if, if St. George continues at the same rate of growth, by the year 2035, we'll be the size of Pittsburgh. Whoa! And, yeah, and that's just, and that's what's remarkable about it. And so... Look at the upside, look at the growth. Now, we've got a long ways to go with our programs. We're entering right now our fourth and final year of the transition to Division I, um, and we, we, we've got a long ways to go, but we're going to get there, and I think we're going to get there faster than most institutions could who are in a similar situation.
1: Ked Beazer joining us here on Nuana's Dow. He's the Executive Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at Utah Tech. The Trailblazers host the Montana Grizzlies on Saturday night they're in St. George, Utah. We're making the trip down, excited to check out St. George, excited to check out uh, all things Utah Tech. The growing community, obviously certainly a big advantage. St. George a desirable place to live. What other sort of advantages has helped make Utah Tech, uh, has, has helped make this transition viable? I mean, you mentioned it was a junior college not long ago. So what are sort of the things that have given the, the university's administration faith to continue to grow and, and continue to build and continue to try to, to move forward?
5: Well, because of the growth here, what, what we're finding is, um, is a real influx of, of tech and, you know, tech companies coming into the area. And, and hence, one of the reasons for the transition, the name change, is, is by the companies that are coming in here and the, and the growth uh, that we're having, not only with, you know, uh, people coming here just to live and retire, but also to come in here to, to start and build upon their companies that they have. So, so that's helping us in a way. In fact, there's going to be a press release going out here, uh, I don't know if it's going to be today or tomorrow, um, about, you know, with our third-party marketing group we have, we we became their first million-dollar uh, institution um, with our corporate sponsorships, and we did that in less than three years. And, and so that is one of the reasons to buy into it, just the momentum. You know, you get a lot of people that uh, want to jump on bandwagons, and this is one that we feel... Um, we can continue to build and do so at a, at a, at a fast rate.
1: What, what if any have been some of the the challenges that you guys have faced? Any, any obstacles or hurdles you guys have faced along the way here?
5: Yeah, uh, there's a lot. I mean, first and foremost is the name change. Totally. Um, We're we're still, yeah, we're still facing a backlash in the community. um, With with some of the, the the natives around here about the name change, um, you know, they didn't want to change. And you're going to come in here. Um, Culture sounds like you're going to be here this weekend. You're still going to see, you know, Dixie here, Dixie there. And this is known as Utah's Dixie. And they're proud of it. I mean, that's what the original settlers did. They, um, you know, they tried to grow, grow cotton down here. And a lot of them came from the South. And it, it's just kind of one of those. Well, seeing that um, when we change the name of the institution, we're still trying to get back uh, some of the you, know, the, you know, those who grew up here and have family roots that go here way back, uh, trying to get them back involved. That, that's been a challenge. Uh, another challenge is just the changing demographics and, and structure of the NCAA. Totally. As I was, telling, I was telling somebody, it's like they keep moving the goalpost on us. When we came in as a Division One, made that announcement going Division One, these were the benchmarks and metrics you had to hit, and that just keeps moving. And um, it's becoming increasingly difficult. And, you know, the NIL and the transfer, port, transfer portal affects everybody, but where our institution has not been eligible for postseason play, and we're still not for this year, um, we've become actually just a, a feeding frenzy for, for teams. That, you know, we, we have, you know, some good athletes here, and teams come in and grab them saying, hey, you'll never be able to play for a national championship if you stay there, so, so come over. And we've lost a lot of student athletes um, through that. So it, that's been a challenge um, is, you know, like I said, it, the, the transfer portal and NIL is a challenge for everyone, even more so when you're transitioning school that you can't participate in NCAA tournaments, or at least we can't for another year. And uh, that's, a, that's a big thing. That's a big selling point for student-athletes and a reason for them to jump ship.
1: Ken Beezer joining us here on Nuances Now. He's the athletic director at Utah Tech. The Trailblazers host the Montana Grizzlies on Saturday night. It, from our perspective, too, Ken, just, just analyzing football in the West, I mean, there's only... I guess until recently there was only three Division One playing football conferences that are totally in the West, and and now who knows what's going to become of the remainders from the Pac-12 and uh, and what happens with the Mountain West and all that sort of stuff. But it also seems like that's an opportunity to have sort of a solidification of a lot of the the uh, main football playing schools in the West, and, and maybe some sort of realignments and stuff. So I mean, as the carousel continues to spin. How do you sort of find the right place for, for Utah Tech, especially just as a football playing school in the West?
5: You know, that's, you know everybody's looking at and trying to see what's, what the landscape is going to look like when all the des, dust settles uh, from, the, from these transitions. And what I tell our president, I said, you know, what we need to do is just make sure that we are a viable and healthy, um, not only football program, but, but institution and, and department um, to make sure that we're always on, on that cutting edge. And, and so we've got a lot of projects going on. In fact, the day before, you know, we host Montana this Saturday. Um, we're, we're ribbon cutting for our completely remodeled weight room and nutrition center um, that we're going to be doing. And that's been a major project that we've uh, been able to complete here just recently. And so that's what we try to do is just um, provide, make sure that we're providing the best opportunities for our student athletes Um, to where we're attractive to uh, recruit and retain you know student athletes but also to this with this realignment going on with conferences that we can bring something to the table um, you know if and when those opportunities arise
1: well the last thing i want to ask you about is is just montana coming to town now tell us how this game came about i know that it's a Sort of a three for one. You guys will come to Missoula several times, and, and Montana comes down to St. George for the first time ever. So, um, how did this this game sort of get rolling? And what do you think of just the opportunity to host, um, you know, one of the most tradition laden football programs in the FCS?
5: Yeah, my predecessor was the one that that signed the initial agreement um, with Montana as as we as we went Division One. He, you know, he jumped in and started. Uh, you know, getting games and he booked games clear out to 2029 uh, because at that time we didn't have a conference. And so he, he was booking any game we could get. And so he hooked up with, you know, with Kent there and uh, got the deal done. What it means to bring Montana in here is we, we are all aware of the storied, you know, football history that Montana has. And, you know, my experience with Montana goes way back, and some of my favorite people, I mean, well, one, Kent Haslam was one of my favorite individuals in the profession, one of the good guys, and Kent and I go way back. Um, but, you know, go back to my favorite football coach of all time, I got a chance to work with at Utah State it was Mick Dennehy, um, and I really, really like him, and uh, he and Sheila were my wife's best friend. Um, and then, you know, right now you got Tim and Bobby Houck. I mean, they were on the football team at Montana when I was playing at Weber State. Um, so the, the storied history of Montana and bringing them in here, in essence, legitimizes our position as a Division One, you know, FCS program. When you have a, a team with the history of Montana coming in here, as I tell all of our, all of our fans, I said, you need to go to a game at either, in either Missoula or Bozeman to see what support looks like. And, um, and I told him this week, I said, I want you to come to the game this week to see the support they get on the road. I mean, I I have people who reside here in St. George calling me for tickets because they're, you know, they're Montana grads and they just want to support their team. I said earlier, that's where we want to be as an institution. We've got some ways to go. But having Montana and the Grizz roll in here this Saturday, I think is going to do a lot to establish not only our legitimacy as a, as a Division I FCS program, but also establish what it's like as a fan to, to be supporters of an institution, and I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Well, it's going to be a great uh, time, and I can't wait to check out all that Utah Tech has to offer. Uh, last thing for you, then Ken Beezer joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Pretty good measuring stick here in the non-conference for Utah Tech just as a a football program in general. And uh, I think you got a great head coach there. I think Paul Peterson's really good. I've known him since his Big Sky days when he was there at Sac State. And uh, he's come on the show several times over the last couple years as well. Um, What do you sort of think of this early season test just from a football fan perspective? I mean, you're at Bozeman, uh, at Montana State last week in Bozeman. And then he got uh, Montana coming to town. Then he got Northern Arizona on the schedule too. So an all Big Sky non-conference for the Trailblazers, but uh, should be a pretty good measuring stick for uh, Utah Tech football.
5: Yeah, and I hope it goes better than it did last week in Bozeman. Um, we talk about measuring stick. I mean, we didn't measure up too well, um, and hopefully, play a little bit um, better this week. But yeah, we, we've all noticed that down here. It's people are saying it looks like you got a Big Sky conference schedule. And uh, I said, yeah, that's not uh, those are not the two teams you want to start off with your Big Sky schedule. But um, yeah, it, it, it's a difficult schedule. And uh, like I said, it was it was made out of you know back when we first went Division One. This schedule is basically put together not knowing that we we're going to have a conference. And um, you know we'll go into a full eight game uh, conference schedule next year with the United Athletic Conference, and looking forward to that. This year it's just sick, which allows us to play those five non conference games. But, uh, you know, these, these are schools that uh, we hope to compete with. These are schools that we will be competing with, you know, on the recruiting trail. And we, we've, got, we've got to do a better job. Got to do a better job matching up with them.
1: Ken Beezer, Utah Tech Athletic Director here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Ken, great talking with you. Look forward to meeting you on Saturday. And uh, thanks so much for taking some time today.
5: No, oh, you're you're welcome. I'll drop by a radio booth and say hi to you this uh, Saturday.
1: Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again.
0: Save 5 cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus
1: earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs.
0: Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today
1: or visit townpump.com/rewards to register and start saving. Town Paul Peterson, a return guest here uh, on ESPN Radio. He's the head coach of the Utah Tech Trailblazers. They were in Bozeman on Saturday night, and now they're headed back home to St. George, and the Montana Grizzlies are coming to play them. So a guy that's going to get a full dose of Montana here these next couple weeks. Uh, Coach, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing awesome, man. Appreciate you guys having me on again.
1: Of course, anytime, and I appreciate you... Uh, Giving me some thoughts post-game as well. I I know... Uh, hard to do that right after the game, and uh, you know a lot of emotions and stuff like that. But take yeah, us through man, it.
6: I'm sorry, dude. I was. I, was uh, I want to apologize for that. I was a little
1: fired up. <laughs> no, it's all. It's all good. I got exactly what I needed, man. It was. It was awesome. Okay. okay. No, I, I always appreciate any coach talking right after the game. It's. It's hard to gather your thoughts. So I really appreciate it, man. Uh, but let's talk about the what, what went down. Your team got off to a decent start with the goal line stand, and I thought you guys battled throughout the game. I'm, I'm impressed with your your fronts, especially your defensive fronts. Um, but just take us through it. I mean, a tall task, opening it up with the number three team in the country on Saturday night in Bozeman.
6: Those, those guys, that's a really good football team, man. They, um, you know, when you play a team like that, you can't, you can't um, have very many miscues. You know, I thought we started out well. There, was, there were some really good plays early on, too. You know, I, I showed our team there was a couple a couple times. We got some TFLs. We got them in some longer down and distances that, uh, you know, we feel comfortable with in the past game. But, you know, that quarterback – did a really good job using his feet and converted on a on a third and eight and a, and a third and 12 using his feet and we had a couple of missed tackles there so just some you know you always go into that first game with with a lot of uh, excitement and expectations and you kind of you kind of really need that first game to see where you're at and with a quality opponent like them i don't think we performed like we needed to and 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 um you know i tip my hat to them they were prepared and ready to go and Obviously, needed to stop the stop the run a little bit better, and, and also get off the field on third down. But um, you know, good good first game to get some stuff fixed. We got to get it fixed.
1: Paul Peterson joining us, head coach of the Utah Tech Trailblazers. They played in Bozeman on Saturday night, and they'll host Montana this upcoming Saturday night. So plenty of Treasure State flavor there for uh, Utah Tech. Uh, you mentioned the run game, coach, and you know Montana State's run the ball. As well as any team that's not like a triple-option team that I've ever seen in college football. I mean, they're rushing for 300 plus yards per game over the, you know, just a small span. The last several years, it's been pretty impressive to watch. I think most people know that's what Montana State hangs their hat on. Yet it's it's really really hard to stop. What makes their run game just so dangerous?
6: You know, I think their offensive line did a really good job. Their tight ends did as well. Their backs were patient. We felt like we had them heading up in some gaps. You know, they had the, that really long run later in the game. Um, we felt like we, we had the gas plugged. He bounced it all the way back. Our defensive end got sucked down a little bit too far, and really really good run. We missed we 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 some tackles there later on. Maybe I thought we should tackle them off later. But it was going to be a big run regardless. I think you know they're really patient with it too. We you know we stopped them for a couple yards. They get into a third down and medium, and all of a sudden they're running the naked or or getting their quarterback using his feet. And 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 um, did some really good job. Uh, they did a really good job converting those third downs. You know nine at twelve is really impressive. Um, but they had to get some good push up front, and like I said, they're patient with it, and 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 um, you yeah, had a good system for sure. What were some of the building blocks for your
1: team? What were some of the things you liked about your team uh, that you can enforce, uh, reinforce positively moving into this week?
6: You know, I thought I thought our guys, you know, look going back and looking at the film, they they they, they fought. I thought there was just a couple plays where we, you know. We had we made some critical errors that, you, you, like I said earlier, you don't have room for error playing a really good football team. And obviously, they didn't turn the ball over except for that little fourth down stand. And um, you know, early we it took us a minute to get going too. We had a couple three and outs, and 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 but they're up fourteen nothing or or close to it. So um, that was a little bit little bit frustrating. Um, you know, after to play catch up. So getting out of your game plan a little bit allowed them to tee off a little bit on us and. Um, you know, we'd like to rush the ball a little bit better, and um, you know, playing catch up, we felt like we needed to throw the ball. And um, you know, they got those those three interceptions, a couple of them. You know, we're just telling them to let that thing go. That that deep one late by Kobe uh, Tracy, but um, you know, you gotta you gotta tip ball off the knee of our guy to get the interception. You know, early in the game, and can't have those miscues. So I, I feel like our guys are in a good spot as far as responding. Well, we've had good good practice and. You know, now we're going to play a, a Grizz team that, that, that's very similar. They're going to watch that film and want to run the football on us, and we've got to be able to stop
1: it. you us now, ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Paul Peterson, the head coach of Utah Tech, joining us live here on ESPN Radio, recapping his team's game in Bozeman on Saturday night. Montana State a 63-20 win over Utah Tech, and also now about to preview the Utah Tech game as the Montana Grizzlies come to town. Uh, coach, I talked to... Ken Beezer, the Utah or the uh, Utah Tech athletic director, uh, earlier yeah. today, and, and very interesting to just hear sort of his lens on Utah Tech's transition. I mean, for those that don't know, Dixie State was a junior college for a really long time, and then a D two school for uh, a little while, and then transitioned into Division one handful of years ago, and and now uh, going to be in the UAS and, and uh, the UAC, excuse me, and and uh, it's just been an exciting time there uh, in Saint George. But now you have this awesome opportunity with one of the most storied programs uh, in the history of FCS football coming to town in Montana. So uh, what sort of moment is this, Coach, for uh,
6: Utah Tech football? No, I, I, I think it's awesome. You touched on some things. This has been really fun to be a part of. You know, as, as the first year I was here was our last year Division Two, and then seeing us go through this transition and uh, ha- has been exciting. You know, when I when I played, I played at a little junior college, snow college, and we, we played here. And so... Um, not too long ago, making this a four-year, and then having this chance to be able to play—you know, like you said—a story program and in Montana State and Montana, both perennial playoff contenders, and with a ton of history. And Coach Hauk, uh, we we go back a long ways, and um, does a really good job having come back this second time. And he gets his guys playing right. I think, you know, tip the hat to, to Montana football. I think the core of both these rosters are Montana kids that are just flipping tough football players and. They know how to play, and they're going to play a tough brand of football. Um, we're excited about this transition. We're excited to bring a really good team. I think Montana's going to travel well, and, and I think uh, um, you know tailgate well, and that, that'll add some value to our, our fan experience as well, having, having good fans come and travel. Um, so we're, we're just excited to have a good home opener and after a tough loss and see if we can't get some stuff cleaned up. Where
1: does this one rank in terms of home games since you've been there at, at uh, Utah Tech?
6: Oh man, it's it's, it's got to be up there. Yeah, we we hosted our first year being able to play Division One. We hosted Weaver State, and I think yeah. we sold the place out and had you know good good in state in state rivalry and SUU games. Those those are the in state ones are fun. I mean, it's just like uh, Montana State Montana games. You know, we get we a, a good turnout. But um, as far as having a, a, a playoff contender and a, and a ranked team, this is this will be fun for our guys and, and and a really good challenge that we're looking forward to.
1: Paul Peterson, head coach of Utah Tech. Joining us here on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, his squad hosts Montana on Saturday evening. You mentioned having a lot of familiarity with Bobby Houck. Uh wait, wait, I know there's only one fil- game film to review so far, uh, but did, what, what you saw with Montana and Butler uh, is that indicative of a Bobby Hauk team? Did that look like the Coach Houck teams that uh, you're familiar with?
6: Yeah, I think so. He's gonna, you know, we played them two or the two seasons ago there, and I think we gave him we gave him heck for a half. I think it was three nothing going into half, but. They they ran a fake field goal. I think they ran a fake punt. You know they had a couple trick oration plays last week. I, you know Butler watching the film um, hung in there and made some made some plays, made some catches, and 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 um, you know you, you can tell uh, Montana on film that they really really feed off the energy of the crowd and, and had some big plays, big plays early and, and kind of you know Butler kind of hung around a little bit. Um, but um, you know you're going to have a defense that's going to attack and get after the quarterback and, and be really aggressive, and, and then an the offense you know looking at this dual quarterback thing, seeing who's going to be the guy. It looks like um, they're going to play a couple guys. It looks like, but um, once that offense gets clicking, I know it's, it's uh, they like they like staying on top and putting the foot to the pedal. So um, you know, cross Bobby Bobby's path. I think we played. UNLV a few years back when I was at SUU and keeping in touch with him. I know he's a, he's a great human and, and a really good fit for, for Montana football. When it comes to the Grizz
1: defense, they they love to bring so much pressure and uh, they do it in sort of an unorthodox way, but man, do they bring it uh, down in and down out. How do you yeah. go about preparing for a style like that?
6: No, they're, they're really aggressive. You know, you got to keep them on their heels a little bit when, they, when you're bringing guys like that. There's going to be some windows and and there's going to be some matchups, and we've got to take advantage of both those and, and get get bodies on, on, on the right guys and make sure we're identifying the front correctly and uh, making sure our, our front five and our back are on the, on the guys that need to be there. And, um, you know, we like we to like spread the ball out and, and sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone. And so they, we're going to try and make them run around a little bit and cover that. Uh, but really important to keep our quarterback clean and, and be able to set his feet and play catch up there. Well, I, I'm coming down to St. George
1: for the first time. I've been to Cedar City a couple times from when Southern Utah used to be in the Big Sky Conference, but I've never actually been to St. George. So give me a, just one rec. I'm only going to be there for a day and a half. So what's one thing i got to see or do while I'm in St. George leading up to the game?
6: Well, first of all, I want to I want to apologize to all Utahns that you went to the worst city in Utah in Cedar City.
2: So,
6: <laughs> the rivalry runs <laughs> we, deep, baby. Yeah, we, we hate those guys. But anyway, we... we um you'll see this red rock you got Zion canyon not too far away that'd be a cool cool little hike for you to go hike the narrows or something take a look at that it's it's a special place we got people from all over the world that, that go there um we got also lots of red rock hikes just right here in town but if you enjoy golf and this is a place you can golf maybe 10 months out of the year um but uh you know it's, it's really really similar um climate to las vegas we're in the in the in the desert, a little bit higher than them, and but um, we're a little bit a little bit cooler. But it gets pretty hot here in the summertime, and and um, I'm hoping you guys get cool weather up there, so we can we can uh, we can scorch you a little bit with this weather here, here on Saturday night.
1: Well, I heard it's going to be in the 90s, even with the evening kick. So the uh, the Montana boys are yeah. certainly going to be uh, feeling the heat a little bit. You guys are probably used to that by now, though, right? Yeah, we freaking love it, dude. <laughs> I bet. Paul well, Peterson, head coach uh, of Utah Tech. Last thing for you, then, coach. Uh, Keys for you guys Saturday night with the Grizz coming to town.
6: Yeah, I mean we're just more focused on the fundamentals, some of those things that we we messed up last week, and making sure we block better and tackle better. And and um, you know you can again a really good team you can't give anybody no matter who you're playing anything. You know I felt like we we maybe maybe gave uh, Montana State a couple plays there that we wish we had back. And you know they like I said they did a good job and, and they're coached very well. But um, but uh, we got we got to make sure that we. Uh, minimize those mistakes. I think we jumped offside four times at Montana State, so, so hopefully we have that advantage here where that doesn't happen. Um but um going to be a really good atmosphere for us. Just stay focused and and do our 111th and and um play a really good team and and make them earn it.
1: Appreciate it coach. We'll see you on Saturday, but thanks for taking some
6: time. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Go trailblazers
0: Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Bozeman and Belgrade. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Bobcat Sports.
1: Well, it's time now for our Grizz Star of the Week, and we've been doing this for a couple months now, featuring Grizz football players. We haven't actually had a game to talk about until now. The Grizzlies come out with a 35-20 win over the Butler Bulldogs on Saturday on a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Missoula. Our Grizz Star of the Week this week, Junior Bergen. Four catches for 72 yards, a long touchdown that helped set the tone right out the gates, and a Billings Senior product who's had a great couple years here at the University of Montana. Junior, thanks so much for joining us, man. First of all, what was it like being back out there? What would you think of the atmosphere on Saturday?
7: Uh, it was great. I, I loved it. Uh, nice, warm day. Uh, all the fans showed out, and you know, it was a blast just to be back in the stadium.
1: There's so much work and, and lead-up going into uh, an opening game. I mean, you work for nine months to play 11 guaranteed times, right? But the, the first one always seems to be ha- have a different energy to it. So um, how do you think you guys did in terms of translating all that work uh, in, into the debut game there on Saturday? Uh,
7: I thought we did pretty well. I thought at points we kind of got a little uh, stagnant and lackadaisical, but uh, you know we we got room for improvement for sure. And um, thankfully we got time to do that. So,
1: well, you got to love the start. You guys came out uh, fired on all cylinders. You like Gilman had a nice carry, and you had a, a nice little inside screen, and then the third one, boom, off to the races. So, just take us through the touchdown. What did you see? And bright got to be pretty fun for you scoring that first touchdown of the year. Um.
7: Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, I saw the, the linebacker blitz. I knew I was going to be hot, and um, you know, I just made sure I caught it and then uh, broke the tackle. And I was kind of on my way. I felt like, and then I saw the the safety come from the or the corner come from the backside and just cut underneath him, and then got to the end zone.
1: Well, certainly an early highlight for the season, but Butler came came with a bunch of gusto they certainly were were ready to play and uh, i was very impressed with the butler team i thought they were a pretty solid squad especially on the defensive front and that quarterback brent buska he was the real deal for sure what was the key for you guys in the second half Uh, you went more to the run game and, and really pounded them how were you guys able to pull away there uh after butler cut it to 21 20
7: um we knew we just knew we had to stick together we knew that they were gonna make some plays um you know, they're a pretty good football teams, so obviously they're going to make plays here and there, and uh, we just got to try to make more plays than them. And if uh, if we do that, we should come out with the win.
1: Junior Bergen joining us here on Nuanas now. He's our Grizz star of the week, presented by Ryan and Miller. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. How about Eli Gilman? Pretty good debut. I was trying to think of uh, Grizz running backs that have rushed for a hundred yards in their in their freshman debut. It can't be very many, if there is any at all. Uh, he was pretty impressive. What did you think of the freshman? Um, he he
7: played really well. Um, you know, he he knew that he was going to get a big workload this week, and uh, he went out and performed and did his thing. Um, you know, I have the mo- utmost confidence in that kid. I see him work every day, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of I expect those things from Eli.
1: Coach Alka said multiple times over the last several weeks that the quarterback—I uh, don't even know if it's a competition—rotation will continue into the season, and I do think there's some systematic advantages that comes with that. From your perspective as a wide receiver, uh, what's it like operating with the two quarterbacks, and do you feel like having a couple different guys gives a new fold to the offense, gives you guys a little bit of an advantage in certain ways?
7: Uh, yes, for sure. Um, you know, those two are both highly competitive. They both want to win. They'll do whatever they can, and. They're, they're both really unselfish. Um, you don't see them pouting around because one of them is going in there and the other one's on the sideline. Um, you know, with Cliff, obviously Cliff going to run the ball, but Cliff could also throw the ball very well too. And, um, you know, that obviously opens up another, another piece of our offense with the plus one running. And then um, with Cliff – or with Sam, Sam's got a big, strong arm. Uh, he's looking to, to get his guys the ball and, and take shots. And, you know, that's, that's what we're all – all about i guess yeah we're, we're happy with both of them
1: junior bergen gristar of the week presented by ryan and miller law it's interesting look at the depth chart too when you look at the receivers so many of the guys uh that are in the top two spots are juniors just like yourself so um what's it like having everybody in in the group sort of the same age and you guys have all sort of gone through it together so I mean does that help bring the the receiver room closer together how did I mean what's it like just having everybody in the same class
7: uh it's it's pretty cool all of us are kind of uh we all were kind of thrown into the fire as freshmen and we've all been uh together since then and you know we just built that built that chemistry to know work for each other and um you know push each other in each and every way and obviously that's a that's a great thing
1: you personally what have you thought of just life in missoula billings senior product junior bergen joining us here on new now by the way he's a Billing senior product um you've been in missoula now for a couple of years what have you liked about living here what What do you think of life in Zootown? town
7: uh i like i like missoula for sure it's a lot slower than billings is i think and uh you know we got a great community behind us we got a great community behind us and I got a lot of, lot of, a lot of support from um, old Grizz legends and you know a lot of people in the community just always reaching out and supporting.
1: It's been a, an interesting deal just in terms of your role too. I mean you come in as a receiver then all of a sudden you're playing running back because you guys were so banged up at running back and then last year you moved back outside a little bit but I know you had some injury stuff last year as well. So um how have you thought of the way your your role is sort of diversified? What have been some of the challenges, but also what have been some of your favorite parts? Um,
7: I don't know. It, it's it's been exciting for sure. I like like getting the ball in my hands whenever I can. I, I like helping my teammates win as well. So, whatever they need me to do, uh, I'm willing to do it. Whether I go in the backfield and carry the ball, or go out on the edge and run routes, or block, or do any of that stuff, throw the ball. Um, I'm ready. I I have a good coaching staff who who prepares me each and every week and you know I got good teammates also who who push me
1: and the wide receiver group has a new coach Brent Pease the former wide receivers coach now the offensive coordinator And now Bryce Erickson moves over from tight ends to wide receivers Uh, what's that transition been like how would you sort of explain Coach Erickson's uh, coaching style
7: Um, it's been pretty smooth he he's kind of he didn't want to make us all switch over to, to him. So he kind of switched over more to coach Pease's style. He, he knows what coach Pease's is, uh, well coach Pease kind of like his, his lingo and all that stuff. So he makes sure. And, um, kind of talking to us the way that coach Pease would, but coach Erickson's also different as well. He's, he's a great guy. He, he makes sure that we know that he loves us and he cares about us, um, just as people in general. And, um, we know that he wants the best for us in, in all aspects of life.
1: Grizz star of the week, Junior Bergen, joining us here on Nuana's now. It's presented by Ryan and Miller Law, Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. How about this upcoming opponent? Then you guys go on the road to t- take on Utah Tech. Utah Tech's an upstart Division One. They've only been D one for a couple years. This is definitely going to be one of the best, uh, one of the biggest home games they've ever had with uh, the Grizz coming to town. What sort of uh, improvements do you hope to see from, from last week to this week? And, and how much different is it when you have a game under your belt? Does it seem like it is sort of into the flow of the season now? Um, well,
7: we, we want to get better, obviously, each week, um, just progressively getting better. But, uh, you know, that's going to – we're going to have to go out and prepare this week and make sure we take everything day by day and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may by Saturday.
1: Uh, any early impressions of of Utah Tech's defense? Um, I, I watched them a little bit against the Cats, and uh, they look pretty good up front. Anything that you've seen particularly?
7: Yeah, they're 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 a solid team. They're they um, you know they play hard. They're physical. Um, play quite a bit of man. And the, yeah, they they got good good corners, good safeties, um, stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Well, the uh, the art of building momentum in a season is something that uh, Bobby Hauk has always been so good at. So, last thing for you, then, uh, how much would a road win help propel that momentum, and uh, what are going to be the keys for the Grizz on Saturday?
7: Um, it would it would help us a lot. Obviously, um, everybody. uh the the best thing about being one 0 is the opportunity to go two and and that's that's what we want to do this week. Um, thing for us to to do is uh, got to run the ball, obviously, and then. As receivers, we gotta we gotta be able to make plays, and then on defense, let the defense do what they do, um, you know. But we just gotta we gotta play hard and uh, make sure we, we have good effort on each and every play.
1: Well, should be a fun one. Uh, a lot of people are gonna get exposed to Saint George, Utah, for the first time, and as the Grizz play there against Utah Tech uh, for the first time ever, so uh, should be interesting. We can't wait to make the uh, trip down there to the desert. Junior Bergen, our grid star of the week, joining us here on Nuanas. Now, Junior, appreciate the time, man, and best of luck on Saturday. Thanks for taking a minute. Thank you. I appreciate it
0: Well,
1: it's time now for our ESPN roundtable, and uh, a fun one and a great honor for me, a guy who I've had a lot of respect for following his career uh, from uh, just a couple states over is our guest today, longtime head coach and recently retired head coach of the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. John Stiglmeyer joins us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Coach Stig, always a pleasure. Appreciate it, and uh,
4: congratulations on retirement. How you been? Well, thanks for all that. Uh, my wife and I have been super um uh, those that are in coaching and understand it, uh, she was married to college football for for uh, forty four years, or some form of football for forty four years. So uh, we're enjoying a lot of a lot of things we weren't able to do before.
1: I mean, is there anything fun that you picked up that uh, that you hadn't
4: had time for before that you've been doing lately? Well, uh, this is going to sound goofy, but I'm a I'm a gardener. I'm a farm boy at heart. So you garden in the summer, and then fall camp comes and you leave and my wife has to harvest all this stuff so i uh i was part of harvesting and and uh, freezing and that type of deal and then uh, uh on laurie's note my wife's note uh we are going to go to the main northeast uh Maine, new hampshire vermont to look at the leaves in the fall she's always dreamed about doing that and as a football coach's wife you just dream about it you don't do it so we're going to do that so
1: well, this sounds great. That doesn't sound funky to me at all. My gal has a huge garden, too, so I love the gardening, and I totally understand where that comes from, so that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about last year, because you know, we caught up after the national championship game, but I haven't talked to you since then. So what was that like, just the, the run you guys were able to go on there at South Dakota State? I mean, how was that team able to, to put it all together and, and get, get you over the top in your final season there at the helm?
4: Yeah, I think uh give credit where credit's due. Obviously, we had some really good players, as many of the top FCS programs have, you know, the Montana States and North Dakota States and last year, uh, Incarnate Word, a lot of them. Uh, so we had good players. Uh, but I think the thing uh, that put us over the top or gave us a notch uh, of whatever up, uh, unbelievable leadership uh, by our student-athletes, unbelievable leadership. Men that had paid the price, men that uh, were respected in our program, and uh, men that when when the bullets were flying and they weren't, and were not and we were behind in terms of bullets flying, they stood strong. And because there's always a number of those in, in a, a real season, and and I just give a ton of credit to uh, uh, our, our seniors and our senior captains specifically, or our captains.
1: The process of building South Dakota State, I remember, I remember watching you guys and covering you guys the first time you made the playoffs in, in 2009 and pretty much perennially in the playoffs after that, and it seemed like you guys just kept building and kept building until all of a sudden you're perennially in the Final Four and then you into the National Championship twice in three years and, and then you get over the top of the National Championship as well. How are you guys able to consistently – add to the foundation and, and consistently build over the years uh, since, since moving to division one?
4: Yeah, a really good question. And, and your terminology, I hope everybody heard it. You build a football program. You know, football is not a sm- sport where you snap your fingers and, and you're there. And even, even with the transfer portal, if you want to build something that's sustainable uh, you build it and you work on it and You you have, you have certain, uh, uh, expectations that, that permeate your program year after year after year, uh goals, that type of thing. Uh I think a big part of it was in two thousand four when we went from division two to division one. We had a bunch bunch of division two players that drew a line in the sand and said, uh we can be something different. And and their 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 commitment to this uh what a lot of people thought was a crazy dream, it it seems like uh, the special dream now. Uh, was unbelievable. And then how did we keep it building? You know, again, uh, in life, aren't we all supposed to get a little bit better? You know, people use that term 1%. In, in reality, depending where you're at, 1% is a huge percentage. Uh, and so it's all about whittling away at, at uh, this part of your program that you can improve or this part of your offense that you can pr- improve and the weight program that you can improve. And I'm not one to... Uh, just you know, just uh, revamp stuff. We do things because we believe in them. So then you look at it and say, how can we get better in those things? And and with uh, uh, great assistant coaches, great, 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 great ideas, we we're able to do it year after year.
1: John Stiegelbier joining us here on Nuana's now, longtime head coach of the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Of course, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits are in the news right now. Uh, in Montana because Montana State plays at SDSU. Seems like a pretty much annual matchup between uh, these two schools. A ton of matchups over the last 10 or so years between MSU and SDSU, and uh, this one should be one of the great regular season games between these two programs. South Dakota State, the defending national champions and the number one ranked team in the country. MSU, the number three team in the country as they head uh, to Brookings. Coach... You mentioned just how one of the primary factors in getting over the top last year was just how good of players you had, but also how bought in they were and the leadership characteristics that so many of them displayed. How are you guys able to find such consistent, great talent to bring in? I mean, what what was sort of your blueprint for for recruiting? Because you guys had a, a string of multiple great quarterbacks, multiple great running backs, great linemen on both sides of the ball. You've always had great linebackers. So what has been sort of the formula? How have you guys been able
4: to identify talent so well uh, over the years? Don't just look at the 40 time, the film and the transcript, not necessarily in that order, transcript, 40 time and and film. You look at all the things that 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 make up a young man, a student athlete and does he fit your culture? Does he fit? Does he add to your culture? You know, and so from the 18 tough questions our assistant coaches had that they were supposed to or required to ask recruits along the way, uh, you know, to uh, a home visit or a school visit where you sit down with the young man and and the parents and really see if there's true respect for authority, his parents or his parents, uh, because that that to me was huge, you know, that, that a young man hung on every word his mom or dad or both said because that's what I wanted him to do for me. And our coaching staff, you know, that their respect was built in, and you have a choice in who you offer scholarship to, and then it's in their cho- in, in their court. And we just, I, I think, are very meticulous in terms of the evaluation of the young man and and how he fits. And everybody belongs somewhere. I'm not saying we're better or different. I'm just saying that uh, that these were the things we looked for, and when we found them, we we were we were fine offering a guy. And sometimes, you know, Colter, uh this is interesting. You may have a, a list of quarterbacks where the one to eight and number one didn't get the first offer. Maybe six got the first offer because they are all above the line. We thought we could win, but we thought that number six guy uh, could just fit so well and be a great leader in our program.
1: It's an interesting perspective for sure, and and it also seems like such a high priority of the South Dakota State program over the years has been developing guys, too, and that seems like uh, something that's becoming more of a, uh, uh, an aside lately because so many teams are just prioritizing getting already developed players out of the portal, or you know, it, the, the transfer waiver wire is just crazy. I mean, I think some people would say it's completely out of control, including myself. Uh, but regardless, you guys have always made – South Dakota State always made such a high priority on recruiting high school guys and developing high school guys. Where did that theory come from, and how, how did you maintain that uh, throughout your years?
4: That goes back 30 uh, some years ago at an FCA camp, Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp, when I heard Denny Rarup, who was the retired head football coach at Gustavus Adolphus, the Division III school, talk about these are the three top decisions in your life. He talked about picking a school, he talked about your faith journey, and he talked about your spouse. And he said those three things are really, uh, really the top, top things. And the impact of picking a school, and so when I thought about recruiting, and I thought we are part of one of the top three decisions in the young man's life. Shame on me if I if I mess that up. Shame on me if I'm if I just say things to attract the, the young man and I'm not not uh, crystal clear and, and and transparent about where we're at and who we are and so on. And so I think in the end, when you get young men and, and you've done your research and uh, this is maybe hypothetical, but when you get those guys, however they come to you, walk on full scholarship, partial scholarship, and they know that everything you said, you stand behind and is true, you will get the most out of them. And isn't that what life's about is to get, you know, a young man to get to his potential in your program. And, and, And so I felt it was very important that we were always crystal clear on what we were about, and, then, and we were helping you make one of the top three decisions in your life.
1: John Stigelmeyer here on the ESPN Roundtable. He is the former head coach of South Dakota State. SDSU hosts Montana State uh, on Saturday. As a guy that was around the game for so long, decades and decades, between your time as an assistant and a head coach, what do you think of just the state of affairs in college football right now?
4: Well, I, I, uh, I was blessed to – we were blessed to uh, open with Iowa last year on our run, and it was a good game. And But the, the fun part for me was to visit with Coach Ferens, and I asked him that question. And, and uh, he and I are similar ages and similar tenures at schools, and we both agreed that, that something needs to change. And it, it can change for the for a win-win for everybody, for the schools, for the football programs, for the individual young men uh, you know, from NIL to the transfer portal. Uh, but I think, I I think you can't just have, uh, no rules. You just can't have, uh, uh, the wild, wild West, which is the term people use because what happens is just, it just, uh, gets out of hand. And so I believe that college football, I believe football is greatest sport. A young man or a young person can be involved in because of the, the things taught in the in the in the discipline and the dependency on on 10 other guys in my case it was eight other guys because I played nine man football but uh, it's and, and we want to make sure it's not lost that it's still the greatest game and and its integrity and its structure and its it's uh, stability is always there.
1: Well, I totally agree it's uh, one of the last great proving grounds for young men and I I hope that that can maintain because so I just think it's so valuable for uh, for us as Americans uh, uh, in our society, in our culture, and in our communities. I do think that uh, the lessons learned in football can carry you a, a really long ways. Well, let's talk about the here and now then, Coach. Uh, what do you think of, of Jimmy Rogers? He obviously played for you and then worked for you forever, so I'm sure, again, it's very dear to your heart. I had a fascinating time interviewing him earlier today. It was my first time ever talking to him. Uh, but he is a no-nonsense guy, very straight to – Uh, To the point, and uh, he's got a lot of good ideas. So, um, what do you think made him the the right
4: heir apparent there at South Dakota State? Well, you you said a lot there, so I'm going to go with my heart initially. I love Jimmy Rogers. I love his family. I say that with such passion as I would say it about anybody. I mean, he essentially grew up in our program. I'll never forget offering him a 65% scholarship in his home in, in the Phoenix area, and he stood up before I even put the period at the end of the sentence and committed to us. And I knew then he was, he was uh, uh, no, you know, there's no messing around. I mean, he's all business and he's been that way every minute I've known him and he's a great leader. Uh, you know, he's, he's straightforward with the players. He drives them in a good way. Cause he knows when you put coach on your shirt, you know, that part of the title coach and he's a, he's a pitcher of this, you can take young men, to the places they can't take themselves because they don't see it in themselves and, and, and a coach can do that. And he's a, he's a great example of that. Uh, the cool thing I think is he's retained a little bit of our program, but he's also put his stamp on the program on, on SDSU football. And I think that is needed. And I think you have to coach like Bad Media, made you and, and, and coach Rogers is doing that. He's uh, again, I love him. I, I love his family. And uh, uh, he's totally different than I am, but uh, I would say he's he's true to himself, and that's good. That's 100% good. There's so
1: much continuity around all things South Dakota State. I mean, Justin Sell's been the AD there for, I think, 14, 15 years. You were there as the head coach for 25-plus. You know, coach Rogers has been there for 18 years between his time as a player and a coach. Why is it that there's so much continuity? Why why do people love sticking around Brookings and being at South Dakota State so much?
4: Uh, there's a number of reasons. That's a, that's a hard answer to pinpoint. A couple of uh, of points, but I, I would say this: uh, I think a good administrator like Justin Sell, and our president is phenomenal. Uh, president Barry Dunn, good administrators when they see a program, and I mean a program, not a head coach or a uh, an assistant coach, but a program—all the things: the strength program, the equipment, the athletic training—and it's—it's it's a picture of what you want, right? What does that mean? You can't—you can't—you you can't, got to say it, and it's, it's worth a thousand words, you know, it, it's run right. And I'm not saying we're bad, best. I'm not saying we're we're better than anybody. at South Dakota State football. Shame on me if I do that. But I think we've obviously done some good things and accomplished some good things. And when you see that, to, to maintain some of that, you do hire from within. And then when when a guy like Jimmy Rogers is part of your staff, and he essentially grew up at South Dakota State as a player, as a GA, as an assistant, as a coordinator, now as a head coach, I mean his investment uh, it goes deep. I mean, uh, I mean he he said in this press conference, I've wore every hat that you can wear in this program, from you know a true freshman to now the head coach. So. Uh, I think there's power in that, and, and uh, I know there's always a greener pasture. There's always a coach with a, a great resume. I understand that, but I, I love administrators that say, "I've observed you. Uh, you know, I don't look at need to look at a resume. I've observed you for ten years. I know who you are. I'm going to hire you as a head coach."
1: Continuity certainly uh, a key for South Dakota State across the board. John Stigelmeyer, former South Dakota State head coach, joining us here uh, on our ESPN Roundtable. Last couple of things for you, Coach. What do you think of this South Dakota State team that's coming back? I mean, a lot of familiar names, a lot of uh, guys that people around the FCS know. Great offensive line, great quarterback, great running back, great receivers, great tight end, and then some pretty salty guys on the defensive side as well. Um, how do you evaluate? I mean, what, what do you think of just this uh, this version of the uh, South Dakota State Jackrabbits?
4: Well, here I'll sum it up with this statement, and then I'll, I'll expand a little bit. When I when I uh, looked at the team and announced that I was uh, retiring or resigning, whatever the right term is, retiring, and I looked at what was coming back, I, I said to my wife that night, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> this is the best team uh, we could potentially ever have. Now, the ball bouncing here or there, an injury to a crucial player here or there, those all, all you know, those don't make coaches bad coaches or, yeah, they really make you a better coach because you have to rise up and find a way with with another guy. But uh it's a it's a really good football team. It's a really close football team, which we were last year. And and I think when again bullets are flying or the weights need to be pushed when it's hundred degrees or whatever the scenario is, if you can if you can look at your guy, your your teammate and say, I love you and not flinch. I mean it's part of our culture. When you can do that, uh, I think the sky's the limit, and that's the type of program uh, those coaches have. At Montana
1: State, the different iterations of MSU that you've played over the years, I mean, I remember the, the snowy game where Zach Zenner went crazy back in Bozeman in 2014, and that was when the Cats were trying to run 100 plays a game and throw it all over the place and run it all over the place and, you know, just play as fast as they could and average 45 points a game. Now it's a, a totally different iteration, but still a very high-scoring operation, and they they run the ball with such authority. So, what have you thought of just the way Montana State has evolved over the years? Because you've seen a lot of different versions of the Bobcats during your time.
4: Well, I'm very impressed. I'm I'm very impressed with what they do as a coaching staff. Uh, very impressed with their coaching staff, and when, you know I, know, I know it starts with head coaches. But but I you know I know uh, everybody pitches in. Leon Costello Costello uh, was here. Uh, I think he's a great leader, the athletic director. Which again, I think as a guy that's going to walk into the, the the football staff room, win or lose, and say, "Hey, I believe in you guys. Just uh, make sure we're doing things right." Uh, it, it, you know, uh, they have really good players. Uh, I mean, the support they have. I mean, when we played there, you know this. There hasn't been a game where I've not walked into that stadium and gone, holy nutmeg! This is this is uh, really really special. And so, and, and and going back to Zach Zenner running the ball, I told our offensive coordinator, "Keep the clock running." My toes are so cold. Let's run the football <laughs> as much as we can. So that's one of the few calls I've ever made on <laughs> offense. So very impressed with uh, the Bobcats and look forward to greeting their staff and greeting uh, uh, Leon when they get there.
1: Well, last thing for you, then, will you be at the game on Saturday? And either way,
4: what do you? What is your take on this this matchup on Saturday? I'll be at the game. I wouldn't miss this game for for anything. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle. I, I think uh, you know the semifinal game last year. Uh, you know we, we, you know, the Jackrabbs shut down the run, and and that was tough on uh, the Bobcats. And uh, so I think there'll be some new wrinkles, uh, surely by them. And and ideally, you know, I'm not sitting in the meeting room, so I can't discuss who's got the best answers on the chalkboard or on the chessboard, you know, in that, in that chessboard game of calling offense and defense, but I think it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be a sellout, which uh, I'm I'm disappointed, but excited. That doesn't happen all the time. So credit to to Montana state uh, and the excitement they're bringing to Brookings, South Dakota, and uh, it'll be a fun environment. and, And I look forward to a great battle and, I know this. Our guys will be ready to play, and so are theirs. He's John Stiglmeyer, longtime
1: head coach for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits and now enjoying his garden and retirement, but still a big (laughs) football fan. Montana State at South Dakota State on Saturday. Coach, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for always being so kind and giving us so much of your time. And uh, enjoy retirement. Hopefully it's not the last time we talk, but enjoy the game on Saturday. Thanks for being here
4: today. Well, I appreciate you and your professionalism through the years, and it's a treat for for me as a as a past coach and when I was a head coach to visit with you because of your preparation. So, kudos to you, high five to you, and bless you. Our paths will cross, I'm sure. God bless.
1: Well, time now to go across the sidelines where we profile various subjects that are taking on the two Division I football programs in the state of Montana. And the Montana State Bobcats, they have one of the top matchups in the FCS all season long here in Week 2. They travel to Brookings, South Dakota to take on number 1 ranked and defending national champion, South Dakota State. Our guest now from South Dakota State, Isaiah Davis. He's a senior running back from Joplin, Missouri, uh, who's been a great player during his career there at SDSU. Isaiah, thanks for taking a minute, man. How's things? How you doing?
8: I'm doing good, man. Trying to take care of the body you know, each week, but, you know, healthy, ready to go.
1: Tell me about coming into this year. You guys have had such a, an awesome sort of arc and narrative to to your time there at, at South Dakota State. I know you had the loss in Bozeman a couple years ago, but then you got back at it, and, uh, you know, after having the national, ch- run all the way to the national championship game, and then last year, you make a run all the way to the championship game again, and you close the deal. You win it. So um, what's these last couple of years been like? How have you guys been able to, to keep on building it and, and get over the top? What was it like being national champs last year?
8: Uh, You know, the, the ride's definitely been fun. You know, a lot of ups and downs. Um, great players, you know, throughout the years. you know, But obviously, you know, getting our in you know, the ring last year, it uh, was definitely fun. Um, that, that day was like no other. Just the cheer and celebration, you know, with all the guys, everyone happy. I think the most important too, just you know, to get Coach Digg, You know, one for him. You know, that that was important for us, but no, definitely a good ride. Uh, definitely a good offseason. It's been a lot of fun. Um, ready to go though.
1: When, when you are coming off a national championship, but then you have so much returning. I mean, yourself, Mark Gronowski, the Yankee Twins. You know, on and on and on. You guys have so many great players on offense, defense, with Adam Bach. All these great players coming back that were key members of that national championship team. What what's the motivating factor? What what keeps you hungry?
8: I think, you know, definitely a new season. I think each year we just got to find our find our edge and different ways that we can get better. Uh, like I said uh, before, uh, you know, we've, be, we've been, you know, the hunter. I think this year, obviously, I've uh, been number one. Um, we're being hunted. So I think just find our uh, competitive edge, you know, um, find a way to compete, you know, each and every day, uh, build in depth. And I feel like it comes with our leadership. And you know, like you said, we've got a lot of guys coming back. So, you know, how can we build into those young guys, those freshmen who are coming in? And I think already in game one, you can see, you know, how um, great of a job they've done this year. So, you know, it's just find a competitive edge, you know, and keep finding ways to you know, get better each and every day.
1: It's been fascinating for me as somebody that's covered sports sort of out of Montana for the last 17 years to see the rise of South Dakota State. I remember when I first saw the Jackrabbits in the 2009 playoffs uh, in Montana, at Montana and Missoula, I think that was the first uh, playoff appearance ever by SDSU. But I've got a chance to cover South Dakota State dozens of times since then because of uh, all the all the success there of the program. But the one thing that's been so consistent, South Dakota State always has great running backs, and you're the next in line of that. Is that something you knew about, just sort of the, the lineage and legacy of running backs there at South Dakota State when you were first making your decision to go there?
8: Of course. You know, I've seen the success that the guys before me have had here. Under all the regret- Great, uh, great running backs, Josh Ronick, you know, uh Zach Jenner, and then you know, going to you know, Mikey, Pierre Strong, um and sellers. So you know, definitely, you know, being a great runner running back that came here and it made my job, you know, made my commitment here definitely a little bit easier.
1: Isaiah Davis joining us here on Nuadas Now. So across the sideline, he's a senior running back there at South Dakota State tell me about the guys up front. I think that so many people talk about yourself and the quarterback and the receivers and the tight ends and all the skill guys, but you guys have one of the best offensive lines in the country. How much does that help you? And, and uh, how impressed are you with the guys that are up front blocking for
8: you? Yeah, definitely. You know, all the credit that you know, I give, I definitely deserve to give it to them. Uh, they do have a job, you know, each and every day. You should see our practice, you know, they're, they're busting their tails, doing indie, uh, indie work and just come to the team, you know, hungry and ready to go. So you no, know, they always make my job easy. You know the leadership they have up front is like you no know, other. <clears throat> calling out, uh, just taking control of the O line. Um, you know I think they're even better people. You know as they our players, and I think like that's what's so special about them. You know they're always making jokes, um, cracking smiles. So uh, definitely they made my job easy, and I give all the praise to them.
1: You guys got off to a real fast start last week. I think up forty-two nothing at halftime, and then you cruise to a win over Western Oregon in your opener. What do you take away from last week? What sort of things did you like? What sort of things do you think you guys need to improve on?
8: Oh, I say just you know, just things in the run game. Some things that you know we had going in a pregame, some looks that we had. Um, I, I think we didn't get uh, too much in depth. What you know, what we got coming this season as far as plays, but we got we got some good looks that we wanted, and I think that's going to carry over to this game.
1: Well, let's talk about this game then. Montana State in town. You guys have a little. Rivalry going with the Cats play each other in the playoffs a couple times in a row. This will be the third time in 18 games that you guys have played uh, against one another. So, your broad thoughts are, are some of your some of your uh, most vivid memories of the last couple times you played the Cats.
8: Yeah, you know this rivalry this rivalry we got now it definitely is definitely fun. You know the first time we played them, first time I played them, what well, didn't go how we wanted to. You know last year it did, but you know that's what's fun. You know we want to play games like this. You know that four quarter games that's going to come down to the last uh last couple minutes but those games that we live for are fun but definitely been up and down throughout the years you know they got the first time we got we got in the second but um i'm ready to go for the side then
1: how would you describe just what montana state does defensively
8: um i would say you know they're just a physical team uh we know they're a physical team they know we're a physical team uh they got a good uh d-line up front you know with a solid back end um we know what they have. We watch them on film, you know, watch them play Utah Tech. But um, we just know it's going to be a physical game. Room. Uh, that's our big mindset going to this week.
1: Well, it seems like you guys love that, that style. I mean, would you say that that's something you guys really – it helps you rise to the occasion?
8: Yeah, most definitely. Like I said, you know, we know they're physical. Uh, they know we're physical. So, you know, I think it's to come down Saturday. Who wants some more?
1: Isaiah Davis here on Nuanas now ESPN Radio. Uh, last thing for you then, man, what do you think of the keys for you guys if you're going to come out with a win on Saturday?
8: I think it starts in you know, preparation uh, this week. That um, you know, we got a lot of stuff going in, uh, offensively, defensively. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just uh, being locked in uh, during the walkthroughs, uh, the, the small things that people don't really think matter. Uh, I think that's going to come down to it. Uh, I think if we uh, go out there, uh, come out physical, can execute on the little things, uh, You know, give, give them sound leverage, uh, blocks, just looking the ball in, Uh, do all those things right so, you know, Saturday comes easier. I think we take care of business uh, during the week, uh, Saturday will play out how we want it to.
1: We can't wait for this game. It's going to be so fun to watch. And the best of luck with everything, man. You guys uh, guys have got a great run going on. It's very fun to follow. So uh, keep it rolling. Thanks so much for being here today.
8: Yeah, thank you for your time. Appreciate it.
0: we're rolling all right time now
1: for our montana state minute and we're joined by montana state defensive end kenneth Iden. he is a bozeman product had a couple sacks against utah tech in montana state season opener saturday night bobcats come away with a 63 to 20 win in the annual gold rush game kenny thanks for joining us man how you doing
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Well, first of all, just tell us about uh, your off season personally. It uh, looks like you you put on some strength and some weight. So, uh, what were the main priorities? Uh, what were your, what were your main motivations?
2: um you know after coming off that last uh, loss against sdsu i think we as a whole group decided you know we need to get bigger faster stronger and um i think that was a big priority going into it was really hitting the weight room hard making sure we're getting our body weights up strength up speed up um make sure we're ready to go physically and mentally to take on you know the opponents of the season um so yeah i think that was a really big thing was making sure we were strong enough and big enough and fast enough to really put on a show so
1: I talked to Brody Greeby about a month ago, and and he was saying that he thought often about the way your guys' season ended last year, and how much motivation that was for him when he was running and lifting and training and all that stuff. Now the moment's here, though. You he guys get a rematch against South Dakota State. So, how do you sort of channel that? How, how do you sort of uh, turn that into you know re-motivation, but not let it cloud your focus going into this week?
2: Um, you know, I think a big thing we're trying to remember as a group is that it's it's about us. It's not about them. You know, every week we got to make sure we're playing our game and playing, you know, our system and doing our job every single snap. Um, but obviously, uh, it's a big motivator coming off last season, getting a little rematch against them. Um, I think, you know, that I agree with Brody. You know, it was a really big motivator throughout the offseason. You know, we talked about it. Almost daily, you know, coming off that loss, and um, I think just going into week two is, you know, using that emotions and trying to channel them in a way that uh, fits our system and our scheme and making sure we're doing our job just to the best of our ability and really making sure we're pushing ourselves and making sure we're finishing every play to the whistle and, uh, you know, laying it all out there,
8: so
1: number one team in the country defending national champs but i know you guys have huge aspirations for yourself as well so what do you think of this early season opportunity you guys must be so excited
2: yeah it is a pretty exciting opportunity get to test ourselves against one of the best uh, teams in the country um yeah i mean it'll be a good test for us to see where we're at um after this game you know we will have a pretty good idea of what we need to work on and not work on in terms of going against the best team in the country um, cause we feel like we can be that by the end of this season. Um, but obviously it's an early test now. So just got to make sure that we come out firing on all cylinders and sticking to the game plan. And, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be a good game for sure to watch early in the season and it'll be exciting to see who comes out on top. So.
1: Montana State Minute here on Nuwana's Now. It's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you tuning in all across the state of Montana. Kenneth Iden joining us here on our Montana State Minute defensive end there for the Montana State Bobcats. Uh, How about the battle up front? uh, South Dakota State has a great offensive line. You guys have a great defensive front seven. So um, how do you mentally prepare yourself for that element of the game, and, and what do you think of the matchup overall?
2: um you know just mentally preparing ourselves we just got to make sure like I said before a big thing you say in the D-line room is know your job do your job and you know don't try and be a hero but make the plays when they come to you don't try and hunt things up and I think we can't let the moment get too big obviously they're a good opponent and you know they get a lot of attention and there's a lot of hype around this game but we got to make sure that we're playing within ourselves and playing hard and playing fast and Uh, you know executing our assignments and our jobs every single step and uh, I think overall as a matchup, I think it'll be a really good test you know two heavyweights going at each other Uh, week two will be a really good test for us and them I think and really give us a good idea of where we measure up so I'm excited for it.
1: How about uh, for you personally I've been so impressed with the motor that you play with and and your get off and all that ever since you were in high school and now it seems like that's translated at the college level these last couple years as well where does that come from i mean where does it seems like you just really love football yeah
2: i do i mean my dad played for msu back in the 80s and you know i've always grown up around the game of football um and it's always been something that i love and it's given me so many opportunities in life so i try to make sure that you know, when I'm out there I'm not wasting any minute because it's a privilege, not a right to play the game and you know, it matters to play it the right way in my opinion and the right way is to play hard and fast and um, you know, I just feel like as being an undersized guy, one thing that I can really bring to the table is my motor and effort and ability and you know, two things you can always control are your attitude and your effort and I feel like if I can give two of those if I can give those two things uh, maximum, then, you know, I'll have a good shot at being successful. So
1: well, I, I got to give you a compliment. I know this is a huge uh, a, a huge a role to fill or a huge aspirations to live up to, but you remind me of Brad Daly. Did, did you have anybody look at, that you looked up to growing up? Did you know anything about Brad Daly when you were a kid?
2: I did, yeah, growing up. You know, I was obviously growing up in Bozeman, Montana. I went to every single got since yeah. I was like five years old. So, you know, guys like Brad Daly, Bobby Daly, you know, Grant Collins, Uh, Dane Fletcher, you know, guys that I watched growing up and were really good role models for me. And um, getting a chance to play with Bobby or play for Bobby Daly now and, you know, getting to work with Dane Fletcher at the pit in town growing up was always an awesome experience. And, you know, just seeing how those guys went about their business and how they uh, attacked different situations and challenges was really a good thing for me in terms of growing as a person and a man and a football player. So, Yeah.
1: Well, it's awesome, and uh, it's cool you, you know so much about the legacy of it all because Montana State has such a great defensive line legacy. I mean, going back to probably even before your dad was even alive, they've had great defensive linemen there at Montana State. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that is that something that you guys think about, though, I mean, is upholding that legacy?
2: Yeah, I mean, we talk about it every day. You know, we obviously got this brand-new uh, facility here at the stadium, and we always talk about how it was the guys before us that built it, and we're living in it. And, you know, it's our job to uphold the standard and the legacy of this team and everything that was built before us. And we know that we couldn't be where we're at today without all the guys that came before us and worked their tails off for this team and this town and this community. Um, and I think, you know, that's a big thing we try and we try and focus on is that it's, it's a lot bigger than just the individual guy and the team right now. You know, we... We ride for the brand, as we say around here. You know, we wear the Montana State on our chest and it, it's gone back for almost over a hundred years. And it's our job to make sure that we're representing it the right way. And, you know, all the guys that came before us know that, you know, we're playing for more than just ourselves out there, so.
4: Well,
1: last thing for you then, how cool is that for you as a, as a Bozeman high kid and a guy that's been around the program forever? I mean, this is, uh, this is pretty incredible for you to be kind of living out your dream. Do you ever think about that? And if so, what does it mean to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is a pretty cool thing, you know, growing up here, like going to Cats games, like I said, my whole life and then finally get out there and get to go run out on Gold Rush. Um, Last year for the first time was insane. And, you know, getting to do it again this year, I mean, it almost leaves me speechless just talking about it. But it's been something I've been working for my whole life and to finally get to be a part of it and, you know, get to represent bobcat football um, as a bozeman guy and local guy you know it's just a, it's been a really big thing for me and something i love doing every single day and uh yeah it's it's something i'm really excited about so
1: well great stuff man really appreciate it great catching up kenneth Hayden here on new is now espn radio thanks for making some time man and uh, best of luck this weekend
2: yes sir thank you so much we'll see you later